Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message with me, Ian Morris. And me, Ian Morris. Yes, that's right. Nate's decided to take some time off to buff his snails ahead of International Shiny Snail Snail of the Year competition. Uh, But he'll be back with us soon. Hopefully we'll have a normal show for you next week. In the meantime, this is a little bit different. Instead of the regular show, I'll touch on one of this week's big stories and give you a review of Sky Glass and tell you if it's worth your hard-earned money. There's no Patreon edition of this show this week, obviously, so Patreons aren't being charged. And when I start, it will be quite obvious why we're not charging. The EU has confirmed that all gadgets must switch to USB-C by autumn 2024, even the iPhone. It's finally happened. Listeners, the EU has confirmed that it will force all phone, tablet and even digital cameras to charge using USB-C from autumn 2024. The most obvious loser in this is Apple with its proprietary lightning port. However, Apple's almost certainly been working on a USB-C for the iPhone for probably years now and maybe even ditching wide charging entirely let's not forget that modern iphones do have that funky magsafe thing and realistically it probably wouldn't be that expensive for apple to include that in the box in some form if they decided to move away from wired charging they would of course need to do that because not everyone has a wireless charger Uh, the european union estimates that discarded or unused chargers account for 11,000 metric tons of e-waste in europe every year Uh, the move should reduce that the trading bloc claims of course british exceptionalism has appeared again as the government told the country that the uk would not be enforcing these rules the country being the uk i've written that badly but anyway uh, that doesn't mean anything will change apple won't be making a special brit phone with some sort of union flag shaped charging port we'll be getting usb-c like everyone else uh, but it won't be enforced legally here i have seen some people claiming that we would stick to lightning or something like that but there is no way apple is going to run two different SKUs of the iphone just to keep americans and british people and maybe the chinese on lightning the fact is lightning has very much had its day and i completely feel like apple is already working on this and will be moving us onto USB-C, if anything at all. In some ways, it, it is kind of a shame that the UK has decided to go its own way with this anyway, because the cutting out of micro USB for small devices is actually quite a good idea. Like, if you imagine all the things you've got knocking around, like mice, say, for example, or battery-powered keyboards, digital cameras, as mentioned, all sorts of things, small devices which use micro USB to charge will all be forced to use USB-C, which is a better connector it's reversible everyone likes that it's more robust it can charge quicker it has more capacity for moving data around if you need that so it's kind of a shame that the uk will be able to be a holdout on that and not mandate it but it is what it is i guess in all the cheering of the death of lightning i do think 
people have sort of forgotten about why it was designed and introduced in the first place. Apple obviously wanted a charging cable that was reversible and robust, and micro USB was none of those things. Lightning was, at its introduction, far better than anything that USB had to offer. Times have changed, though, and, and the connector is, is past its best. So I don't think anyone's going to be particularly mourning it. But I'm very reluctant to uh, dance on its grave, as it were, because I, I do feel like it offered us a really good charging connection for a really long time. But, you know, everything has its day. Uh, anyway, I'll be celebrating this EU victory by throwing out metric tons of iPhone cables and accessories that I've amassed over the years. Truly a great win for landfill sites across the continent. <laughs> When Skyglass launched last year, I was actually pretty excited about it. Um, I, you know, I at the time had no idea how it would perform. Uh, but what we've sort of been given in Skyglass is this all-in-one product. Now, if you're not a UK listener and haven't heard of Skyglass, an explanation. Sky is a satellite delivery system uh, over the air. Uh, you need a dish and a decoder box to use it before. For years, people have been saying, why doesn't Sky do something online? And of course, it does have Now TV, which is kind of exactly that. Although Now TV is disappointing for a number of reasons. Its standard streaming quality is 720p. Uh, You can pay a fiver a month to get HD 1080 and drop adverts. But even so, it's not quite the same as having access to full Sky. Anyway, uh, some time ago, Sky announced that it was introducing this fantastic new product called Skyglass, which was a TV which had everything built into it that you would need to receive Sky over the internet. Actually a very good idea. It was going to be a smart TV, offer you a bunch of the usual smart TV apps, so you would have access to Disney+, Plus, Netflix, all that kind of stuff. But it would all be built into this sort of interface that was very much like Sky's existing queue interface which is their top of the range satellite receiver and not a bad idea i thought at the time anyway some time has passed since sky announced glass and they got in touch with us which was kind of a surprise i have to admit and said would you be interested in reviewing it and i said after a bit of a think yeah i really would be so we put our heads together and came up with a plan for them to send me one to review obviously it's only a loan um Sky hasn't paid for this. It's not an advert. We don't do that here. But I thought you'd be interested to know that what the situation is with it. So a bit of clarity. Now, things didn't start off particularly well for me with Skyglass, I have to say. If Nate was here, he would talk a bit about all the text messages I sent him bemoaning the awful delivery process. Now, I think I was unlucky. If you search around online, there are a few people complaining about different problems with delivery, but nothing substantial. The reality is um, Sky has got a specific delivery partner uh, for this called Panther Logistics. They're actually pretty good from what I can tell. Um, The delivery, when it happens, takes about 10 minutes. They come into your house, put the TV where you want it to be. They unbox it. They put the stand on. They put it on the place that you want it to be. Um, and then they take the packaging away. In my case, they didn't take the packaging away. I assume that's because at some point Sky will come and pick the TV up and they'll want the packaging. So that's fine. It's a pretty good service. And that, that removing the packaging is good because it means Sky can properly recycle it. And Sky is very committed to being a, a net zero company. Talk about it a lot. 
Anyway, the problems that I had were numerous. Initially, the delivery was supposed to be booked. It was The order was put through at the start of May. It was supposed to be delivered, I think, on Wednesday the 18th, uh, early a.m. They tried to deliver it weirdly the day before at the end of the day, and I was on a work call, so I couldn't take it. Then I assumed that maybe they would come back on the next day, the Wednesday that they were supposed to deliver it. They didn't. I noticed online it said, we'll now try and deliver this Thursday. So I got in touch with them and I said, I'm not going to be here Thursday. I'm going into the office. Um, They said, fine. They cancelled it and then set it for another week. And and this all got incredibly confusing. Um, In the end, everything went quiet. And Sky's uh, portal, which is different to the delivery portal, just said delivery 1st of June. And sure enough, it did actually turn up on the 1st of June. So that was fine. I that's a month it took um and with a few aborted attempts in the middle it was frustrating um i don't think that that's indicative of what you would see if you were to buy sky glass i think i just got unlucky i think their early delivery might have been because the particular model i went for which is the blue one um is quite in demand i think and they may have had problems uh fulfilling demand and also if you're not in I have this feeling that if they've got someone else waiting for a TV nearby, they'll just take it to them instead. What happens when you get it delivered is they scan the barcodes on the thing and then that activates your glass subscription, which is quite a nice thing. There's very little to do. Um, and in fact, I'll, I'll talk about that as I sort of um, move into the sort of setup and install thing. Um, so Panther did the thing. They put the TV on the stand. They put it where I asked them to put it. Lovely. Very good job. Um, they don't stay and set it up. But all you need to do, really, to set it up is give it a Wi-Fi address. It goes on the internet. It will probably, I would say definitely, will do an update. It'll restart itself a couple of times. You'll go through a a sort of walked-through setup process that will ask you a number of questions. Some of them are quite interesting. So, for example, the TV is aware when you're in the room. So, through, I don't know if it's got like a sensor on the front of it or something. Um, But um, it knows that you're there. And if you walk into the room, it will often pop up a, like a selection of things that you could watch. So the TV's on at that point, but it's not actually ready to watch anything. It's just like a if you if you're familiar with Netflix's rotating carousel of things that you could watch, it's very similar to that. Um, but it's activated when it knows you're in the room. You can turn that off. Don't worry about it. It's not essential to have it on. It doesn't add a huge amount. Um, it freaked me out because I put the TV in my bedroom because there was nowhere else for it to go. I did I did wake up and sit up in bed and the TV came on. It's a bit weird, but um, it's not problematic. And turning it off will save you electricity, I think. And Sky is also pretty good about mentioning that. It will turn itself off if it thinks you're not watching. So if you're completely motionless, it will put up a message on the screen. But the good thing about that is all you need to do is pick up the remote control um, and that's enough to send it a message uh, that but it's you're still watching. In fact, I really like the remote control. Given that I had Sky Q as well previously, um, I was actually very impressed by the difference. The remote control for glass, I feel, is a, a much better. The touch-sensitive thing has gone, which... Some people liked. I did not personally. I found it very difficult to control. I found the same with Apple TV. I don't think touch-sensitive, you know, uh, trackpads as they were, um, are a good way of controlling TVs. It's too easy to get everything out of hand. 
Um, so I think from that perspective, the new remote is really good. It's illuminated, which is great if you're watching in the dark. Um, it's simple to use. There's um, a few bits and bobs that have changed, particularly around how uh, Sky does deals with subtitles. I'll explain that now because actually it's worth it. Sky Q, as, and again, my information is not the most up to date. There are issues with the fact that you can't turn subtitles on on a sort of, you know, I want them on now, I don't want them on for the next bit kind of situation. Now on Sky Glass, there's a three dots at the top of the remote control. You press that and you can turn subtitles on. What I will say is that on a lot of the content that I've been testing with this TV, subtitles have not been great. There have been problems with latency, so the subtitles will be very slightly delayed uh, compared to what's happening on screen. You can usually fix that by sort of rewinding and playing again. Um, I didn't find pause and play work to get them back in sync, but if you rewind a bit, it seems that it gets it in order. Also, some programs seem to have chunks where there's no subtitles um, and or the subtitles just don't work for bits of it. It is frustrating if you're reliant on subtitles. Uh, you know, if you if your hearing's not brilliant, um, you might be frustrated by some of that aspect of Sky Glass. I find it better than Sky Q or older Sky platforms because it's just much easier to access the subtitles when you need them. Um, so it's not all bad. I think the good thing about Sky Glass and the thing that everyone probably needs to remember about it is it is not a static platform. In the same way Sky Q wasn't, and, and to a lesser extent, previous versions of Sky. There are always updates coming. Sky's diligent in that. I think I feel like it's a company that invests very heavily in the technology, and there are always updates that will add things. For example, a lot of the people who reviewed Skyglass early on uh, were missing certain applications that, you know, there, were, there wasn't, say, Disney Plus or something like that. Uh, that's just an example. I don't know if that's actually the thing that was missing, but that has certainly changed as time has got on. So I think even if you are missing a feature now, uh, it's a, there's a decent chance it will turn up in the future. It would also be worth talking to Sky about it, I think. you know People should certainly get in touch, especially if there are accessibility things that are troubling you. Um, that's really worthwhile. Uh, but you know o- overall, that, that part of the experience is, is, is improved. Um, so to, when you use Skyglass... I, I was a bit worried about this originally because I'd heard people say that it wasn't particularly easy to use. And actually, you know what? I've read quite a few reviews of Skyglass online, um, you know, in, both in preparation for this and just generally out of interest. And I must say that, I, you know, people were... not I wouldn't say they were down on it particularly, but they were certainly not as enthusiastic as I'd hoped that people would be. Now, of course, that's fair enough. TV reviewers do TV reviewing things and that would have been me a few years ago. Um... But also, I wonder if that's perhaps one of the reasons that Sky got in touch now. You know, we're six months in, they fixed a number of the bugs. It's probably as good a time as any to talk about how it's improved. Um, I find it pretty intuitive. So when you start the um, the service up, you know, you turn the TV on, you'll be presented with a home screen. And on that home screen, there'll be sort of recommendations. It picks stuff from Sky, uh, as well as Netflix and Disney Plus. And there's even iPlayer suggestions on there. It doesn't feel like Sky's wanting to necessarily completely take over here. What I will say is, it is obvious to me that when you're buying a platform from a company that provides content there is always going to be a little bit of a tussle and you know is it in sky's interest to promote bbc programs i would say it's not um in fact i would say to the contrary it's probably 
something that you could downplay and make it appear that your platform is the only one. Um, and given the amount of stuff that's available to, for you to access on Sky Glass or Sky's, any of Sky's platforms, there's a lot going on here for you to enjoy, and, and some of it very good, of course. You Then underneath, you say so you get your initial set of recommendations, then underneath that there are category buttons for things like TV shows, movies, sports and kids. It's all very straightforward. The, the third row of things is the TV guide, so in chronological order it presents the the channels here you will see bbc first bbc one bbc two itv and the sky channels you can pull up a full epg when you first do that there's a sort of rotating menu selection on the left of the screen and that enables you to pick say uh news or sports and stuff like that so you could immediately jump to the point in the epg that you're looking for um that's actually really good and if you don't do anything it just goes away and you're presented with a full epg as you're scrolling through the EPG, you'll notice that it does take some time to load. It's not awful, um, but you will, if you scroll quickly enough, you will find it not populating certain areas until it, it's had a chance to download them. I suspect it's getting its uh, EPG data over the internet the same as everything else. I mean, where else would it be getting it? Um, so it's obviously downloading that as you're loading the epg so if your internet connection is very very fast and there's not very much latency you'll probably not see quite as much delay if you're connected to wi-fi and it's a bit slow you might find that frustrating but of course if you've got slow wi-fi i can promise you skyglass is not the product for you the rest of the home screen is basically used for the discovery of tv shows and movies as you would expect there are sort of categories of things there so for example at the moment it's pride month so there's a big selection of movies that are relevant to pride uh, which is really nice so if you you know you get a variety of selections each month you'll see something different there so you could just use that as a way to discover new content it's really kind of cool in a way um then you can also access the tv's three hdmi ports now this is not the most connection heavy tv in the world one of the um hdmi ports does have arc so if you have a sound bar or a surround sound system you'd like to connect the tv to it's perfectly possible there are three of them uh, in total they only support 4k 60 and there's no variable refresh rate so if you're a gamer um, and you want to sort of use the latest xbox uh, and playstation with those features or even a gaming pc where your you know your tv is supposed to match the frame rate that the you know your device is outputting that isn't going to happen for you on skyglass in fact from what i haven't tested this aspect of it i'll be completely honest from what i gather if you're a gamer and it's a big part of your life i don't necessarily think skyglass is going to be the best choice for you uh you know latency and that functionality might create a problem so give that some thought you'll also see that there's other apps as well so it's not just tv there's a spotify app essentially they could have an app for anything so that's pretty good it, it does make this a much more robust and fully featured smart tv platform uh, which is really good news because you know let's be honest smart tv platforms are kind of well depends which one you're using i don't like either of the ones on the tvs that i own i'll just say that um in fact i prefer apple tv if you even though it's uh, what a hundred and 200 quid or something i would suggest that everyone gets an apple tv just to get away from the onerousness of signing up for tv terms and conditions for advertising it's a real pain especially samsung honestly samsung you need to get your house in order monsters so let's move on to picture quality um one of the things that you may have read and i have in my preparation for this is that the picture quality isn't brilliant 
In fact, a lot of people called the Skyglass quite disappointing. My take on this is slightly different. Now, I love a nice TV, and I think picture quality is pretty much the be-all and end-all. What I will say is that for the price, and let's let's remember here that though I'm testing the 55-inch TV that has a retail price of £849. You do have to bear that in mind in, in, in the context of this. Um, you know, we're not talking about the very high-end range of TVs here, which you know, start at £1,200 and go up much higher. For a 55-inch TV I'm talking about here, if you want an OLED, you're going to be paying a lot more. And actually, I I, I did sort of test some UHD content on an, on my OLED and on Sky Glass. And actually, it's uh, there's some interesting stuff, especially if, depending on your preferences about how you like things. I would say, first of all, the UHD on Sky Glass, I tested tennis um, and F1 and I think some cricket. All of those things in 4K on Skyglass look amazing. Disregarding, you know, some of the problems that I'll come to in a bit about um, high dynamic range and lower quality signals, the UHD stuff is pristine. There is so much detail available. F1 looks phenomenal. I know a lot of our text message listeners are always bunking off the live show because there's F1 on. Um, So those guys, I, I can assure you, it is it looks amazing um, and does a really good job of streaming it. Like if you hadn't to- been told it was streaming over the Internet, you wouldn't know. It is that. It, and it's and it's things like that that make me like it because, you, you know, you're flicking through the channels and it's very much like a, a traditional Sky experience. It's not particularly delayed or it wasn't for me, at least. Again, you will need good broadband to make this work um, and you'll need to spend a lot of money. But I'll come to that in a bit as well. So UHD, at its best, this TV is very capable of delivering really good pictures. I will say that I don't think that either the HDR, I don't think it's particularly impressive. The TV's perfectly bright. In fact, it's extremely bright if you want it to be. You can, of course, subdue that. Um, I didn't find the HDR ever to be particularly impressive. I would say that on my OLED, it's much more impressive, even though my OLED is probably technically quite a bit dimmer. And there are other differences as well. The comparison of sport on the OLED is wild. Um, the the colours, and again, this is this. It's hard to be too specific about it because when I tested my OLED, it wasn't being fed with an HDR signal. It was being fed just 4K, and it looked great to me. But what you do notice is that sharpness is far, far more obvious on the sky glass on the lcd it's a, uh, a quantum dot panel with a, a discrete backlight or whatever they call it a full array backlight so it should be capable i will say that in fact the backlight is a bit weird i th- i don't necessarily think it's the backlight itself i think there's some perhaps some pro part of the process of building the tv the lcd panel just doesn't feel to me like it's particularly uniform when you put a black screen on it there are some patches of lighter bits that's very common with lcds especially cheaper ones but i would say it's not a showstopper and again I, my opinion of all this stuff has changed so radically since I, if i was a tv reviewer a full-time tv reviewer again now i would of course mention all this stuff because i think the, you know people buying it need to know but as someone who's testing this pretty much the same as anyone who might buy it actually it's fine and and that's a lot of my opinion with the review of this product is that i i've taken it you know, i've come at it from a how much does this thing cost what sort of convenience does it offer what is the actual target audience for it and and does it 
you know meet and fulfill those obligations and actually i would say 100 percent it does i feel like the sort of people who want skyglass are not necessarily people who care about getting the maximum quality i think that it will be set up for them they'll turn it on they'll be very impressed by it um it does a pretty good job of almost everything the i would say and this is the thing i've got written down for my next point anyway is that picture quality is wildly variable while i said that uhd is amazing if you then move on to hd content it's noticeably worse and standard definition is i would say appalling now to me with my understanding of how these things work that's down to the scaler quite simply the inbuilt hardware that makes the decisions about how to upscale is probably not as good in this tv as it is in your premium sony samsung lg panasonic tvs a lot of effort is put into that upscaling hardware that's a big part of the difference between one tv and another you know like sony has always been excellent at that picture processing stuff and samsung and lg are playing somewhat catch up but their hardware and their you know because lg makes oled panels it it does a good job with them but you hand that same panel to another company and the upscaling and the way that hardware works is so completely different it changes the whole thing entirely so you have to remember that hardware scaling and the picture processing is a huge part of the quality that you end up getting out of the product so i would say that in that regard i think sky's not done as good a job as they possibly could have done with this um I'd love to see a premium version of glass that maybe is 1500 quid for a 55 inch and is an OLED or something like that. I feel like that could make a huge difference. And I'm, I reckon they might consider it because I don't know how much of a success Skyglass has been so far, but I can certainly tell you that I think it's a, a product that will interest a lot of people. And, um, you know, the last couple of things I've got written down here in my notes are that blacks can be uneven, which I, I mentioned that earlier um and because it's a full array it should i do think it should be better um and the patchy uniformity but aside from that and the fact that the hdr is kind of not that impressive it's still a really nice tv to watch you can set it up so it's aware of the brightness in the room and it can adjust itself so you might want to do that i turned that off because i don't like those features but you know in terms of how you control the picture there are a decent number of controls so if you you should be able to tweak it to a point where you're personally happy with it um, for example, I set it up initially um, to sort of try and match my usual sort of kind of quite not flat, but, you know, not over garish colours. As uh, my time with the TV has gone on, I've increased the amount of colour slightly because I think that plays quite nicely into the strengths of the TV. Having a bit of a, a more boosted colour is one of the things that LCD and especially quantum dot LCDs do really well. So I do feel like it's... Um, i've managed to tweak it to a point now where it's slightly more pleasant um black detail as i mentioned is i feel problematic there are times where you're watching something and everything because the the backlight is okay you look at the picture as a whole and you think oh it's nice and inky black i've got no i'm not seeing blue where i should be seeing black or gray um so i i feel like that's good but i also feel that there is some detail lost in those darker areas where we're on a slightly more expensive tv you might be seeing much more detail again it's not the end of the world people have been living with not hdr for so long i suspect a lot of people will never really experienced it properly and will find sky glass to be a really good product and I, I i don't disagree with that as i said you know there are a lot everyone's right about this the, the reviewers are right in that it's technically not brilliant 
Um, I read the AV, AV Forum's review of it and they were particularly down on how bad it is. I, 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 I get what they're saying. They've done the tests. They know what makes a good TV. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm just saying that I think for most people it just doesn't matter. If you're making decisions based on specs alone and things like that, I, I think you're kind of missing the point a little bit. And that's always been my approach with reviewing. Now onto audio quality quickly and then we'll sort of pretty much wrap it up after that. Um, I love the audio. They sort of sell it as being this immersive Dolby Atmos surround sound system. Ignore that. As far as I can tell, it's not that good. Um, the immersiveness of it isn't selling me at all. Um, I would say it's a decent stereo TV. You get a bit of a sound stage about it. Feels kind of like a good stereo TV. The Atmos claims I'm not buying them, but I don't care because the fact of the matter is that I'm not buying any of these virtual Atmos um, things really. Like I've heard, I've heard a two thousand pound soundbar that did a pretty good job with Atmos. I think at the prices that most people are prepared to pay for audio hardware, unless you buy speakers and put them in the ceiling, you're not going to be getting anywhere near the Atmos experience that you deserve. Um, in fact, I would go so far as to say that unless you can really commit the money to it, you should stick with five point one or seven point one. Um, because you'll have just as nice a time with it. Um, in fact, in some ways, you might be even more impressed. Um, I miss my old house and its uh, 7.1 setup because, my God, it was awesome. Um, but I would say at, the, at this price point, Sky Glass is unbeatable for audio. So it may not be the most immersive surround experience, but what it is is clear and the dialogue is very good. You can hear what most people are saying most of the time bearing in mind what I said about subtitles earlier, that's probably kind of relevant. Um, it's it's clear, it's got enough dynamic range, it doesn't overdo bass, you're not going to be getting floor-shaking explosions, but what it doesn't do is um, you don't hear huge amounts of distortion when there is a loud noise on screen. Um, there are audio modes, so you could put it to nighttime to turn down the bass response anyway, or you can have um, dialogue enhancement, which I've used and is seems okay. Like it's not earth-shatteringly good, but it does make a difference. Um, so you you definitely have in this TV one of the most competent audio systems I think that you will find, and especially at this price. Again, this is an under you know a, a sub eight hundred well a sub nine hundred pound TV. So might as well talk about this now um the pricing for the small 43 inch is 649 pounds the medium 55 inch is 849 and the large 65 inch is 1049 and i do not think at those prices you will find better built-in audio i could be wrong but i would say this is a class leader in terms of just the clarity it's not exciting i thought it was going to be much more surrounding and atmosy it it's good but it's it doesn't achieve that but it is what it is is still great i i really like the sound um i find increasingly audio on tv shows is really hard to deal with you know it's um often quite difficult to hear what people are saying i've struggled less with skyglass i think um than i have with pretty much any other tv i've got or used so that's a good thing um so we talked about the price how much is it going to cost you a month? Well, this is where it gets real fun, kids, because you could spend £105 a month on Skyglass. Now, that would include the Sky Entertainment Package with Netflix, the 
upgrade to Netflix Premium, which is another eight quid, as well as Sky Sports, Sky Cinema, Sky Kids, BT Sport, and the Ultra HD and Dolby Atmos upgrade, which... Yeah. You see, you could do without that if you didn't want to watch 4K content, but I would say this TV is best at 4K, so you are probably going to need to cop up that £5 a month. So that would put you at 105 quid a month. If you could deal without movies um, and sports and just have the entertainment Netflix and the HDR, that would cost 40 quid a month, basically, £39. So, look, it's not cheap, but given the amount of content on there, given the the decent job that sky is doing with rounding everything up look if you've if you've ever felt frustrated by not having all your content in one place or generally struggling with you know the number of subscription services and finding good things to watch i think skyglass does a really good job of tying it all together if you if you have the movies you'll also get peacock from nbc universal and um i believe paramount plus is coming on uh, in, the, in the next month, on the 22nd, it's supposed to be launching, which will give you Star Trek. Um, those are both included if you have the movie pack um, with Sky, which is only 11 quid extra. I think if you wanted to get Netflix and Sky and that movie pack with the extra stuff, you've got so much content there that you would be perfectly happy. Obviously, if you want to add Apple TV, which is supported, Disney Plus, which is supported, um, amazon prime which is also supported on the tv you're going to be spending a lot of money on content but the tv ties all those things in together all those apps are available you can watch it all on sky glass it's dealt with quite stylishly it will you know shows from across all of those services will pop up on sky and i think that you know for for the tech people who've stuck around to hear this even if they're not interested in sky glass itself this is the what sky is trying to do here is build the thing that we would like someone to build, which is an all-in-one aggregator of content. Um, has it, obviously, it hasn't done it super cheap, um, uh, but you can get a Skyglass puck now, so you don't actually necessarily need to have the TV if you don't want it. You can get all these features in a standalone box. Um, that's really interesting. You can also get one of those, they're 50 quid, I think, um, and you can get one for 50 quid if you've got a Sky Glass subscription. So you can add Sky Glass to another TV in your house. That's kind of cool because it means that you then get to put it on a panel of your choosing, connect it to whatever you want, you know, enjoy all the benefits of Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos on your own hardware, which might be better. Uh, so, you know, I think if we consider Sky Glass as a platform as well as this product that I'm reviewing, there's a lot to be excited about here. I do think Sky's done a good job with it. Um, I, I'm i kind of excited to see where they go with it. Anyway, that's enough of that. I think talking for 30 minutes, or very nearly, about Sky Glass is more than enough for anyone. Uh, so we'll call it quits there. Let me know uh, through Twitter, email us. I'm, you're going to ask me what the email address is. I haven't got a clue. Uh, something, tech show, something, something. You'll work it out. <laughs> Let me know if you've got anything to say about Sky Glass. I'd be very interested to hear from you. Just a quick reminder that if you'd like to sign up for the uncut versions of this show, get extra stories and a weekly bonus show called Extra Message, you can join us on Patreon. I would, however, urge you not to judge the normal show based on my solo performance this week. We're usually a lot better. Hit 
patreon.com forward slash UK tech if you're interested in supporting the UK's foremost tech show. Nate and I spend the money only on underwear and snail polish. That's it for this week. Nate and I will see you next week for more of the UK's most pressing tech issues. Stay safe. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.